Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Not I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War games. You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. WWE is about as useful as a poopy-flavored lollipop. That's just one man's opinion. Probably, I would say, second by the co-host of this show, too, but we'll ask him soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is, well, this is our tied amount, I would say, for most episodes ever in a season. Last season was 25 is what we thought, but then... We had some people go, hmm, guys, we have to do a season desist. And so it ended up being 26. This is our 26th episode, and guess what? We are not done for this season. The season, it rolls on because we got a lot of shit to talk about. With Monday Night Wars, we're living it from 25 years ago. Plus, not to mention, each week we have good shit, top topics. And, well, the show really doesn't get much better unless... We have our co-host in with us, ladies and gentlemen, O-D-M. I sure do like pumpkins, Cotton. <laughs> you get a pretty good pumpkin for that price, Cotton. <laughs> the mountain, here's the best part. The intro, our intro, yep. <laughs> has you actually using one. And when I was kind of researching, I go, it's, it's oh, off. dude, that's cool. Ah, uh, yeah, off, but, but that's all right. right. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah but now we get to use the real good stuff. Oh man, like, well, we'll just go like this. Fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah, that's, the best way that's to open one of the best one. ones. That's one of my best lines. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. The top of wrestling podcast is gonna have a lot of good things to talk about this week, and. Of course, as we always talk about in movie quotes, last week, my old pappy recommended that Maverick with Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, and James Garner is what we decided, right? Yeah. And even a, a hint of uh, Danny Glover. But yeah. in Maverick, nice little Western. Uh, this week, pretty quotable. I feel like if we give away the five specific letters people are going to know exactly what it is as soon as you hand it off so you may want to hold off of that dude this past week all right now last week we get off the air it was wednesday when our show dropped and we were you know we knew we were going to get brian danielson versus kenny omega dude yeah let's just start with it great match great match Five-star classic by Meltzer. Debatable. 
I, I, I would say maybe four, four and a half. Yeah. For a 30-minute time limit draw, first two minutes they didn't touch each other because of the crowd. But let's talk about Arthur Ashe Stadium. Wow. They were they were chanting holy shit before they even did a lockup, which is amazing. Arthur Ashe also gave us really the first crowd. How is this the first time it's ever been done? But I like that in AEW, the crowds sing your theme. But, man, Cult of Personality sang by 20,000 people. Plus, with Rampage, you got, you know, Judas. We'll get to there. What would you think of Danielson and Omega? Time limit draw. Opening Dynamite. Uh, Brilliant, brilliant thing. Same thing that they did with Punk opening up his debut on the episode. Fuck it. Get it out of the way. These fans are frothing at the mouth. You're fucked either way because this is all they care about. Get it out of there. It it reminded the the beginning reminded me of Hogan versus Rock. Where you just you couldn't start. You couldn't start the match. You had to just let the crowd fucking get it out. And, and watching Brian just soak it in while Omega still played the heel, it was perfect. I mean, I thought it was great. Five stars, it's tough because we're vested with a lot of emotion. It was a big deal. Uh, and it was a really, really, really good match. Uh, but five stars, I don't think it, it kind of reached that pinnacle. Four and a half, easy. Well, um, Punk and Cena at Money in the Bank got uh-huh. a five star, right? fans play a part you know i mean you have three main components in a match generally which is the two wrestlers and the ref and and how the ref reacts how things right we've seen i mean charlotte flair ronda rousey and becky lynch could have been amazing but becky's shoulders came up ref should have stopped that and it would have been a you know what i mean a much better thing you see that and we're like "Eh, it's tainted now don't care ref plays a big part but the fans i mean that's why we all like cena and rvd the, the the whole crowd throwing things, uh, uh, Cena shirt back at him and saying, chanting, fuck you, Cena. So to this, the crowd being as amped up as they were, I mean, they wanted to boo Omega, but you couldn't because the things that were going on were so great. Some nasty ass bumps by, by Danielson that I was like, oh my God, stop it, man. <laughs> stop, you have a family now. <laughs> but... Good match. I like that you. they even mentioned it, the announcers. They go, the bell rang and we barely heard it because of this crowd. And it's true. The crowd was so amped up that you heard the bell, but mm, if you were in a room with other people talking just for half a second, you may have missed that bell because it was so faint compared to the crowd's roar. It was an awesome match. I liked it. I've seen some cool ideas or scenarios one being 60 minute time limit draw an iron man match at full gear is where they go to next and i'm like if that's so woohoo, we may have to do another watch along we may have to come back into town <laughs> yeah right 60 minutes could be a great match with them but yeah what are your thoughts on everything yeah it was it was a good i'll tell you the one thing mjf fantastic Fantastic. Uh, uh, Cotton, I know you're not on Twitter much, but if you do happen to go on, you should go. I did share MJF's most recent post, um, and it was something like, uh, you know, 
the crappiest describe the women in the crappiest uh, city in your state or something like that. And MJF retweets this video of this white girl rapping, and it says Rochester chicks be like. (laughs) 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 So uh, MJF is just fucking fantastic. I'm so glad he's done with Jericho. Let him be himself. Uh, the his parents pr- the are been, pretty heavily involved. The thing with his parents, the promos he's been c- cutting on Pillman, it was great. And MJF takes the win, and I think that's the right move. Malachi Black still making to be made to look like a beast. Um, love it. Get, let's get Cody out of the way. Let's move on to something a little bit more meaningful. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed. A couple that, things to that. Yeah. A couple things to that. All okay. right. First, back on, you said that it was the right thing for MJF to beat Pillman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, we want to see a young upstart get a good win and get a good push. MJF's coming off the losing end of a feud. He needs to win this one. He's lost a couple of feuds now. And I know that I've read online and heard about it that Cornette's not really happy with the fact that they are ruining MJF right now. I don't think that's the case. Personally, I think that, you know, Kenny Omega being your world champion right now, if I had to choose between Omega and MJF right now, I personally say Kenny Omega. Why? Is because let's establish Punk, Danielson, Cole, whoever else is going to keep showing up in the next little bit. And then with all these big names, now you get the biggest asshole being the world champion. Somehow, some way, he ends up being a champion. That's the best time, is when your business is at its highest, put MJF as your top heel, make him your champion. That's my personal opinion. I'm okay with him losing those last couple of feuds. If he goes extremely strong forward, this one right here against Pillman, already a great start. It's a minor feud that he's doing, but he's beating his ass, winning, so I'm okay with it. It's it's the next right step. I'm okay with where MJF has been. What are you, what's your opinion on where he is right now? Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I I definitely think the the thing with Jericho's hindered him a little bit with the dinner debonair. You know how I feel about that. Uh, this is actually when you think back <laughs> that far. This has been a very long feud, and to me, it just wasn't worth it. I think MJF could have been doing more 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 meaningful stuff. What I really want to talk about more is what you would reference with Cornette being pissed off with how they're booking him. Is that something you've listened to on his podcast, or have you just heard kind of mentioned through articles and through? Uh, secondhand articles stuff. saying something like Jim Cornette thinks MJF is being buried. So I would click into the article and okay. read it was something that he said on his podcast. I unfortunately don't get the chance to listen to his podcast as much. Plus I tend not to listen to other wrestling podcasts anymore because I don't want to mimic or have any weird things that sound like them or sayings to me. I'm like, I want to have my own opinion. I want it to be us. I don't want to have heard it on another podcast and then just re-say it and people are like, yeah, they're saying the same shit as the Cornette podcast. Right, and that's why typically I'll preface anything that I reference as my weekly Cornette exactly. reference, right? Because sure. that's what I totally. do. So, uh, but yeah, but... Li- we need a Cornette bumper for as many times as we've done references. There's got to be something like, motherfucker, just a real <laughs> well, quick that's, one. <laughs> that's pretty much what we do anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, as, as somebody who listens to the show a lot, he definitely was not happy with the Jericho feud. Um and he definitely isn't happy with where he's at now. Uh, but I definitely don't think that as a general statement he's ever referenced him being buried. He might have said that like in the moment of something. But anyway, that's irrelevant. But but yeah, I, I, I see sure. what you're saying. My thought would be is that the title's got to come off of Omega before it goes on MJF. 
Oh, absolutely. I think someone's going to beat him that's a, a – it'll probably be Brian Danielson maybe dethrones Kenny Omega for a little bit, and then you get your MJF. You know, not, Maybe not yeah. necessarily, but right. you know what I'd like to see is a scramble, a four-way, something that is more than just two guys, so it, that's way, that way MJF can take the title sneaky, something like that. Like it does, it won't have to be a one-on-one thing. Yeah, makes him still the opportunistic heel. But what I wanted to bring up about Malachi Black and Cody Rose, we get the return of Brandy Rose this week. This match had a lot of things go on. Uh, first, I think it's time that Cody retires the Captain America robe gimmick thing or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, not working, bro. Um, secondly. So Brandy comes down to ringside. First time we have seen her since she has given birth. Looks in tremendous condition and in shape, I would say. Um, (laughs) But in this match, first, Cody rolls out of the ring. Malachi sits crisscross applesauce. I don't know. I I forgot you're not going to say the other one, right? Yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, good call. Way to be progressive, I'm, like, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying, man. And Brandy rolls herself in the ring and sits the same way and stares at him and puts her hands, like her knees, or I'm sorry, her elbows to her thighs, kind of in putting her hands to her chin, just kind of like looking, hey, hey, and then flips them off, and the camera hits her right at the right time, and she goes, fuck you. And Malachi just busts out laughing. Crowd popped here in New York City. It was badass. It was an awesome moment because then Cody came in, tried to get the upper hand. Malachi wins, spraying black mist out of his mouth at Cody. That's some dirty shit. That's unsanitary. But that's awesome. Especially, come on, man, in this time of year, man, 2021, COVID, they, you don't spit on people anymore. But Cody loses again, as you just said, and that is awesome. They're making Malachi look great. And shout out to Malachi Black, because last night, that's right, that's today's recording Monday, so on Sunday night, Malachi was at the PWG event, and him and Brody King became your new tag team champions. I see a picture, I go, that's got to be old, and I go, nah, nah, he's donning that big giant black eye still, yep, that's him, That this is recent, so congrats, man, that, that right there. That's Tony Khan letting you do what you want to go do. As long as you make it to tapings, I don't give a shit what you do outside of work. Not necessarily that order, but, you know, good for him. I love the whole – oh, it's excellent. I love how he's going. Uh, take away the rest of the show. All right. Uh, the next one I'm not too happy about. I mean the uh, entire rest of the show. I'm out. Peace. Uh, okay. Good luck with that. Uh, Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen defeat FTR. Not happy about it. Uh, I don't really care. I like that Sting's there. I don't need to see him wrestle this much. And the fact that I he made him tap it, out. Yeah, the fact that I barely see FTR on the TV anymore, and when I do, they're usually losing or beating jobbers. It's just useless to me. So yeah, kind of bummed wait, out about that. Wait, we have a pirate on our team. Yeah, Steve. You know, where's the pirate hat? R R. <laughs> I'm going to go draw. <laughs> maybe maybe we could pay it off in Canadian dollars. We could save ourselves some money. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I had no, to take no, a no, turn no. there. Something just kind of clicked. No, that's fine. That's and then, yeah, our main event, we knew she wasn't going to lose, but I think it was a pretty decent match, but way too many false finishes. Way too many. It bothered me. Yeah. Ruby Soho took some weird, not weird, I'm sorry, like some crazy-ass punishment, like a curb stash. She took some things off the top of the, the top rope. And it wasn't until a lockjaw, someone pulled on the bottom part of your mouth that you finally like, I can't take this. But yeah, Britt Baker retains her title. Ruby looked great. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it served its purpose. You know, you can't take the title off. It'd be one thing if it if it was Riho or even fucking Nyla Rose at this point that had the title. But with Britt, with the way she's going, you got to keep the title on her. You know, Ruby can either keep this feud going or... Uh, they can kind of head off in a different direction and they can loop back. I think ultimately at this point, it's best to keep the title on Brit. Uh, let Ruby beat some people, let her get some more momentum behind her, and then you put the title on her. Because ultimately, I think right now she's probably the most over and I'd say in the best position to take the title. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. I wonder if it'll pay it off. Never know. You know, I've been to the Great Wall of China. I've seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel. But never in all my years of podcasting have I witnessed something as improbable, as impossible as what we've witnessed here today. I forgot about the grown man. <laughs> uh, that's me grabbing the bull by the horns. It's a metaphor. That happened. But it really happened. Dude, for some reason, he's one person I could kind of do his uh, character no yeah, problem because my one buddy, you know, Nate, my my yeah. my longtime friend yeah. Nate, we used to always do the. Well, I, I'm gonna pick you up for the show. I said pick me up for the show. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Um, but dude, AEW didn't deliver just one really good show this week. They delivered two. And, you know, let's just talk about this. WWE blew their load trying to put New Day versus uh, Bloodline on Raw. Whatever they did on SmackDown, I'm sure, was probably shitty. But Fair to say. AEW on Friday night, at they go two for two with two awesome shows. Opening up with CM Punk's first televised match since... January 20th of 2014 against Powerhouse Hobbs. At first, I was like, eh, don't care. I'm all right with seeing it. Don't care. And then I forgot about how awesome Punk is against big guys. He plays the little guy well. He shows the little guys can go, but he also makes the big guys have to move faster. Taz being on commentary with Ricky Starks, awesome. Powerhouse, I don't know who botched the Hurricane Rana, but all of a sudden Punk was bleeding from the mouth right towards the end of the match, and then he gave him a very nice go to sleep. What was great was when Punk got to the ring, he gets gets up on the ropes and he looks at Powerhouse and he goes, "You're going to sleep," or he goes, "You're fucking going to sleep tonight, motherfucker." The, I love the fact that they're all like being themselves. I mean, this is Ring of Honor Punk. This is. Brian Danielson with him being like, let's fucking go. You heard him scream during the middle of the Omega match. It was awesome. So good match here. And he defeats powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. Did you get to watch rampage? I didn't get to watch rampage now. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to run down everything here for you. 
Super Click, that's Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. They defeat the Jurassic Park Express or whatever that is. And Christian, they make a point to show you on the bottom of the screen, Jungle Boy is the fifth contender right now in the men's division. So he could go either TNT title or he could go world title because they show you for either one of those. But best part of the match, well, super click, of course, they're going to go over. There's no way Adam Cole is going to lose in this first match getting back. And it was at least 5,000 super kicks. But one of the best parts is the Bucks going back and forth, back and forth. Like, all right, hang on. Let me get this right. Jungle Boy is in a camel clutch by Adam Cole. The Bucks run the ropes back and forth like they're going to hurry up and uh, do a quick kick to the face on Jungle Boy on each side of him. Am I painting that picture okay for you? Mm-hmm. They run back and forth, back and forth a couple times, and they come to a stop and just kiss Adam Cole on the cheek. God damn, it was awesome. The crowd marked out for it, and Adam Cole just goes, yeah! Dude, he's going to be having a good time in All Elite, man. With all his buddies there, I'm, this is exciting. It's funny because the original all, the, all Elite, technically, was all these guys, including Cody. Cody's the only one that's not in there. Tell me he doesn't maybe turn heel and join the group at some point because that could be cool. Just saying. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny, it's funny not to cut you off here, but it's funny that you mentioned that yeah. because there was an article that came out recently where Cody said he'd retire before he became heel, which sounds like something a heel would say. That's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Look at you bringing in the big guns. I like that. Yeah. The next match was... Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, which is the men of the year, they defeat Jericho and Hager. The next match was actually very entertaining. It was the Hardy Family Organization, or whatever they are, the HFO, taking on the Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz are in their hometown of New York City. They come out wearing Yankees jerseys, but they also had like blue and orange on their face, which I think was also kind of a nod to the Mets too. I think, but or the Knicks. either way, it, that okay. Thank you. Oh, good call. Thank you. Santana got the pin, and man, oh, nice. man was he jacked up. It was it was great. It was a really good match, and surprising the fact that it was you know. If you don't, if you're not familiar with HFO, it's Butcher Blade and Private Party because they are all working under Matt Hardy right now, as well as a bunch of other jobbers. Which hey, you know what? That's cool. That's Matt doing something for some guys, giving them a, a little bit of a rub, whether they're good or not. It what's that? Not a uh, Jack Evans is in there, and now he's supposed to be having a match oh, at yeah. Rampage this coming uh, Friday with Cassidy. against. And it's hair, hair versus, versus hair. hair match. Yep. You know, you know, fucking Orange Cassidy is going to go over. And you know where Rampage is going to be coming from. Yup. We'll get to that. But man, when Santana got the pin, he got up to the turnbuckle and beat the living shit out of it with excitement. Tell me this won't be a great match for the tag title soon. Santana and Ortiz versus Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got a lot of potential. You know, I love Santana and Ortiz have since the get-go. It's not just because they're Puerto Rican. It's mostly because they're Puerto Rican. But, um, you know, I, <laughs> it's because they're the best. I, the, the, the best. best the, the best. best. <laughs> I, I, as a mark, I want the titles on them yesterday. 
as a mark. Totally. As a mark. They're That's starting to get to you. they're starting to get some momentum now. Let's push them yes. more. I mean, if anything, turn them face. I mean, they I guess they are kind of face. They are. Let them fucking get the tag titles on FTR and let Santana and Ortiz have a program with them. You could go back and forth. It could be an NXT level tag team fucking feud. Why can't you have two face teams going at it and have an excellent feud? Only reason I say that is they. I think they've done the FTR thing too much with Santana and Ortiz. Um, unless you want to do a Not program well. of Santana or a, a program of FTR and Luchas, and then they move on. But I think right now, I, I really feel Santana and Ortiz are very. They're in a really big position right now. They're hot. They're people. Mm-hmm. They're into them. Um, let's let's you know quickly move along here to the rest of this show though with what happened. Penelope Ford defeated Anna Jay with the help from the bunny. Look at I just want to point something out. I'm not saying that AJ Lee is coming to AEW, okay? She's but I'm going to say this right wrestling. now. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, a lot of people, you, you know how many people said they're done? I watched Trish Stratus have her fucking farewell match in 2007. Yeah, how many times has she wrestled since? Um, Three. Where are we, like 20-something minutes into this show? Remember me saying this. If AJ shows up, she's going after Bunny. The Bunny. If not, then the Bunny is just watching nothing but AJ Lee fucking tapes. She was skipping around the ring a bunch of different times and then did a bunch of different laughs and screams, just like AJ. Also a little bit like Paige, to be honest with you, but more AJ than anything. Yeah, no, I can but see When it. she was doing the skipping, I go, wow, okay. Maybe it's just her. what she's just trying to do to get over. You know what I mean? Like, you're not right. like steal a gimmick but just kind of be sure. noticed like her just doing crazy screams either way good to see her involved butcher and blader getting more involved you know i think we were a little weary of how rampage would maybe go but if they kept it to two hours there was a lot of people that were in arthur ash stadium that got screen time as wrestlers this past week it was a very like it was all obviously done on just that wednesday night for Dynamite and Rampage, because everybody's wearing the same clothing, everybody's in the same seats, obviously, yeah, for all the matches. Right. But, but man, it, you have two two-hour shows, got to see a lot of people and learn about a lot of people this week. Just want to say that. But then we follow up with the main event match, which was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeating Suzuki Goon, which is Archer... Uh, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki in a lights out match. I forgot about the lights out rules, how they do that stupid, the lights are going to go out and then they're going to go on and we're not involved with this. Even though there are wrestlers, our referees, our mat. Uh, anyway, it's a really great match. And you know what's funny is that that match had more extremeness to it than an entire pay-per-view by WWE called Extreme Rules this past week. This Moxley-Kingston match versus Suzuki-Goon. Kingston did a couple of nods to Kenta Kabashi where he did a bunch of chops on the chest. Awesome. Um, But there was a great point where he was trying to hit uh, Suzuki. He kept trying to chop him, chop him. And, you know, Suzuki tongue out going, ah, give it to me. And he just pokes him in the eye, and it actually deters him from there. And I'm like, can't go wrong with a good eye poke. Nope. I love it. <laughs> so, now, I just told you about two awesome pay-per-views. Four hour, or two awesome TV shows, four hours worth. Wrestling-wise, let's say three-ish, okay? 
WWE was given wow. three hours with Extreme Rules on Sunday night. I was going to give you shit about even putting this in here, but it's funny just to even <laughs> read it. And you tell me if anything gave you a care in the world. Well, Go ahead. You want to read the results? Go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I put, I wanted to read the results because, you know, as much as I don't care, I, you know, I figured let's keep up on it just in case something crazy happens. Keep up. Nothing so we're, we're not like totally behind. Yeah, exactly. I know. And here's the thing. Ultimately, I uh, had a family obligation. I was out all night. There's no way I was going to watch this. Fact of the matter is, had I been home, I probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. Dude, I, so, I was like, if you had no obligations, <laughs> I'm like, I had zero obligations exactly. last night, and I obligated myself to just sit back because I had a good day yesterday afternoon. You know what I mean? It was a uh, perfect time, perfect day for me, so I didn't have to worry about much. I just relaxed all night. What did you do yesterday afternoon? Is that a serious question, or did you try to shoot horn in a quote I'm not familiar with? <laughs> I was asking what what you did from one to four on Sunday afternoon. Oh well, that's good stuff. We can talk about that later, though. See, you're trying to steal it from me, man. See, I don't like it. I don't I like won't. it. All right. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, hey, right. professor, professor. I didn't. Th- hey, results. I I didn't think the Nazi camp got out until eight. Did you just decide to skip arts and crafts? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you're reading the dictionary you caught me i like to break a mental sweat you know some places they only eat vomit i've never been there heard about it read about it in a book which is funny because right. i think it's like right around that time when she goes when he goes we should mate we should date and she goes and she, I, I just threw I just up in my mouth a bit <laughs> yeah that's exactly where it is nobody makes me bleed my own blood all right. Good luck so, with your with your land of losers in Las Vegas, LaFleur. <laughs> Alliteration aside. <laughs> All right, yep. man. Extreme rules results. Right. Then Let's blow through this. There's we got our things, things going wanna, on. Yeah, there's only a couple things I want to touch on here. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Carmella on the kickoff show. Uh, I like Liv, Mor- Liv Morgan, uh, but it was a shitty match. It was awful. I saw a couple of clips. It wasn't great. Uh, New Day and Bobby Lash. Or, I'm sorry, the New Day, which would be Big E and Kofi and... Uh, Xavier Woods uh, defeat Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. Uh, Bobby Lashley is you know challenging Big E for a rematch. Big surprise there. Usos defeat the Street Profits, uh, retain their SmackDown Tag Championships. Good for you in the Fantasy League. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's the only highlight of my entire night from that. <laughs> Charlotte Flair defends uh, the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Um, I want to give a shout out to Cultaholic. It's uh, one of the websites that I go to watch their YouTube videos. Uh, I've been following them since they were at What Culture, uh, and I was reading their recap to see what happened. Uh, and uh, I have a great line from their What Happened at Extreme Rules. Uh, this is a quote again from the Cultaholic uh, article. Can't wait. All ears. Flair celebrated as piped-in booze filled the WWE Network broadcast. The Queen then grabbed Lily and tore the doll apart before an angry bliss rained down punches and kicks on Charlotte. Flair stood tall after she threw Alexa over the announce table. After Flair left the arena, an angry bliss mourned the death of her doll. Yes, that is something that happened on WWE TV in 2021. Not only that, from what I heard is that she, like, was supposed to be foaming at the mouth and whatever capsule or something like that didn't work. I guess she was, like, having to spit or salivate or something like that, like, on the fly. It's just what I read. I could be wrong on the article that I read. And yeah. like, if, that's, if that's what did happen, I'm like, 
Guys, you better watch that again before they pull that one from yes. the Peacock Network. Yeah. <laughs> Oy, hey. uh, Damian. Okay, what else? Damian happened? Priest retained against Sheamus and Hardy in a three-way. Uh, Bianca Belair wins uh, via DQ. Becky Lynch retains. Uh, Banks returns and takes out both Lynch and Belair afterwards. Um, but quite possibly, the most monumental event of the night, which is one of the reasons I wish I had kind of watched this. God returned to the WWE for the first time since facing Vince McMahon. (laughs) Because... I was going to reference that part once you said God, but that's even better. Good for you. But Finn Balor, on the top rope, ready to deliver a coup de grace, and God decides, I'm going to break the rope so this motherfucker falls. And Reigns hits a perfectly timed spear uh, to retain the title. So there you go. I saw the ending, and it was horrible. All of a sudden, Finn Balor is laying on the ground outside after taking a spear through the uh, the guardrail. All of a sudden, he does. You hear the <laughs> yeah <laughs> the heartbeat. Yeah, he does the pop up. It looked like he was gonna win, and then. All of a sudden that, and I go, well, that's about as equal as Seth Rollins and uh, Bray Wyatt's ending to Hell in a Cell, which, funny thing, Seth Rollins said he felt like he wanted to strangle Vince McMahon for that ending. Did you see Bray Wyatt's tweet? (laughs) He said, wait till you hear my side of things or what what my my reaction is. Uh, Let's hope we hear it soon. Yep. So, clearly, AEW smashed WWE. WWE saw the two shows that AEW produced and said, this is what we're going to do at Extreme Rules. Nothing extreme. God, it sucked. I'm glad I didn't spend the time to watch it. I'm actually surprised it was in the notes, but hey, we got to deliver the news to the people. Any other news, speaking of? Yeah, well, I mean, typically, you know, I think for the next, well, at least to the end of this season, every week, One of our pieces of news is going to be this, which is hit the music. The bills make me want to kick your heels up and throw your hands up and throw your head back and come on now. The bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you think that I thought that I thought that I once was. I know you. You know you. <laughs> and I know you know that I know you. You know what I know? Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> Lady in red. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Vila Ashkaskodiskaninsky Vish. <laughs> I'm surprised. You I'm not gonna lie. Anything. My favorite line I have quoted every time someone asks me, "Do you speak Spanish?" Donde está la biblioteca, Pedro? <laughs> We're opening up a new Globo Gym in New Mexico. Wanted to beef up on my Spanish. Now that's All right, a, that's a uh, that right there is a 
giant hint, if you will, if you're going to say oh, yeah. that name. Yeah. No, that's I good. Figured. That's good. That's good. It's All right. Good. On with the news. On with the news. Well, because if you want to have, you know, podcast news victory, you have to grab it by its haunches and you got to hump it into submission. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got a hump in the wheelchair too of all the things. You know, there's that one that I want to say. You guys look like a bunch of blanks humping a doorknob. <laughs> we'll say blanks. We'll I knew you were gonna try to work that in there somehow without actually. But saying I'm like, it. 2021. We're not allowed to say that. Yes. No, you're not. Moving all right, on, let, with, on with ODM's news. All right, AEW Rampage. You're interrupting me with a bunch of movie quotes. You're, you're starting, I'm starting to wear off on you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so uh, previously in previous episodes, we've talked about how uh, Rampage and Dynamite are both going to be moving to TBS. Uh, but it looks like Rampage is going to stay on TNT. Uh, TNT's pleased with the ratings, uh, but Dynamite will still be moving to TBS. I thought that's an interesting development. Um and it started at nine. Started at nine, man. This time yeah, I talk shit. Yeah, well, too late. that's probably why they're not going to bother moving it because they can stay on at ten. Nobody's going to give a shit. Uh, somebody can't. Yeah, watch but Inception you could really or... rival the rival the second hour of SmackDown every Friday night. Uh, that's true. That's that's actually a good point. I don't think. Then they tell have to me try... where your tribal chief is. Yeah, well, you don't have to try too hard these days. Um, I think the biggest piece of news is, uh, you know, we talked about it last week about Flair and Dreamer getting canceled. Well, Flair's been removed from WWE's opening packages to their shows. He also issued a statement on Twitter, and Dreamer has been removed from Busted Open Radio. I got some quotes. I'll try to get through these quick. Uh, The big one is from Flair. He put this on Twitter. Uh, Quote, I want to clarify a few things. About four years ago, I gave ESPN full access to my life for a 30 for 30 special. They covered taxes, financial issues, adultery, divorces, the passing of my child, and drinking slash partying at length. Rory Karp, uh, desperate to matter for another 15 minutes, did an interview about it this morning. When Rory's lips are moving, he's typically lying, but one part of what he said was the God honest truth. Uh, the quote from Rory is, I had never... I'd never heard that he forced someone to touch his genital- genitals, Carp admitted. Everything with Rick... <laughs> What's a genital? Is negative. <laughs> I, I need trust- to know what what appendage is a genital. Sorry, I'm a dickhead. Uh, well, for a man, I... Balls and shaft, but I All mean, right. yeah, if you really needed to know. Balls and shaft! Just to clear that up. Okay. All right, fair uh, <laughs> Everything with Rick was construed as negative. I tried to address on 30 for 30 is drinking, is philandering, is adultery, is money problems. There's quite a bit, but never, at least in the people that I spoke to, no one ever brought up that it would force himself on somebody. Uh, so we're back to flair here. Uh, I allowed my personal life and the lives of my wife and children to be turned upside down for one reason, whether it's good or bad, even the really bad. The truth has to matter even in wrestling. I uh, basically goes up uh, and he talks about, you know. It never happened is basically what he comes to say. Uh, and then he added a, a follow-up statement, uh, and he says, to clarify, the helicopter, as it was called, is accurate. I wish I could blame it on youth, but it was a case of drinking too much and being inappropriate, and I apologize for that in the countless times over the years. Uh, basically, he says he's made bad decisions uh, in his life and uh, that he condemns sexual assault in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, basically what he's saying is, like, listen, I'm not hiding that I'm a scumbag, but I never made anybody touch my junk that, you know, didn't want to. Uh, It's a tough one. But let me ask you this question. Sure. Hang on. Let me interject for half a second. Is it possible he doesn't remember, though? All I want to say is this. Okay, in that being the case, 
Do you know what the one thing that Ric Flair didn't do in that entire fucking statement? Apologize. Apologize to Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. And I think that's why WWE took him out. You could have went the right road and at least said, look it. I want to apologize to Heidi for everything that you went through that day. Whether, just anything at all, man. Have some form of empathy. Something at all, man. Sympathy. Anything. And you just... He didn't make the right move with that tweet, personally. I don't think, but please, go on. Yeah, I, I think that would be... I, I'd have to agree with you there, because ultimately it's irrelevant. Is Because you could have said, listen, I'm going to sit here and maintain my innocence, but I understand that I was part of your stress on that day, and I apologize for that. That's all you had to say. There's nothing wrong Something with Something at all. And he's like, the helicopter, not wrong. Well, guess what? That's not fucking cool, dude. That's like, I'm not being funny. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll say it, mate. I've already talked about it, whatever. It, I, I got some piece of shit family members. If family members that are in the older generation are like, ah, well, blackface was funny back then. It was okay. No, it wasn't, man. It was never fucking okay. And much to you, Flair, the helicopter. It was never fucking okay to do. Maybe it got a rib with the boys and they laughed, but with the boys, fine. He went but over, yeah, yeah. That's, that's he, flashing he somebody. Over. You're flat. You're a flasher. Thank that's you. Not exactly. Cool, you know. So and so, did you yeah. see who he was replaced with? By the way, on that WWE opening package. No, I didn't see that. I saw the side by side, the Ultimate Warrior, and I was like. Couldn't find anybody else. I would have put Xavier Woods there. I'm like, come on, man. You just put a bigot there now. Like, come on. It's not much better of what you just chose there. I just want to all point right. that out. One advice for a... Okay. Well, all right then. All right. So we'll move on to uh, David LaGreca from Busted Open Radio talking about um, Tommy Dreamer being kicked off. And uh, he said, uh, quote, I felt that I needed to start off today's show to talk about a few different things. I'm still quite frankly shocked by what Tommy said. I think it was definitely out of character of the Tommy that I know, who has been hosting the show for a few years now. And I can't and I will not defend the comments because they're indefensible. Quite frankly, the things Tommy said, Tommy fucked up. Tommy fucked up on Thursday. And what he says is insensitive and it won't be tolerated. Uh, And then he goes on to say a lot of people say, well, in 2021, you can't say this. doesn't matter if it's 2021, 98, or 85. It doesn't matter. As a father, as a husband, knowing my daughter now just turned 18, she's about to go out in the world, going to start college soon, and now working. These are things that I worry about for my own family, and people have had to worry about this for years, and there's just no fucking place for it. Uh, And basically, he just goes on to say, uh, you know, he's not throwing it all on Tommy, but he made some insensitive remarks, and they're not going to be tolerated. Um, he doesn't know how long he's going to be off the show, but he needs to take some time off and reflect, see how his comments hurt, how his attitude hurt. Uh, and he can't put a timetable on it and doesn't have an answer, but for the time being, he's off busted open. Look, that's the professional thing to do when it comes to a business. Um, I'm not going to name the business that I personally work for. Okay. Smart move, especially for this story. Right. But, there's a VP in my company. We all went to a gala. It was the Jim Kelly gala event. Mm-hmm. And my VP met Roger Goodell. My oh. VP is from Boston. It was in the entire midst of all the deflate scandal and everything. And there's a picture of my VP flipping off. Roger Goodell while taking a picture with him and Goodell had no fucking clue. It hit a bunch of different 
news sources like like quick because one share is all it takes, right? That being said, they did the right thing, busted open, had to separate themselves from the controversy right away. WWE, same thing. You can't, and why I say that is my company fired that VP. Guys, job back and everything's fine now, but in the moment of it, they were like, we weren't hot being a part of your shit. That's you. And I think that's kind of what Impact Wrestling is doing with Tommy Dreamer. Busted Open is doing. And obviously WWE until everything either blows over or you just never are mentioned again. I mean, it took a long time for Benoit's name to ever come up, really. And then it started appearing in books because they were like, okay, the main event of WrestleMania 14 was not Undertaker versus Kane. Fuck yourselves. They actually <laughs> submitted books like that that actually went out like that, like published books. It was weird. But you have to separate yourself from it. And, yeah, good good for them. I don't want to stand by my words. I think that Tommy Dreamer just worded himself poorly. It almost seemed like he was trying to be hot takey just for the sake of being hot takey. Because of the channel, the show, what it is, like he wanted to. Well, he's also this hardcore legend. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's, It's like, dude. I get it. I get that, you know, the whole woke thing and people being judged for evidence, and that's all fine and dandy, but you also have to take the accuser's words into account as well. And like you said, all Flair had to do was say, listen, I maintain that this is my stance on what happened, but I understand that you feel that way, so anything that I played a part in, again, like, that's an honest opinion, and that's the problem with situations like this. There's no narrative, right? Or th- there's only yep. narrative. There's only narrative, right? There's no room to say, have a discussion and say, listen, I'm saying I don't remember that, but I understand your point of view and I apologize. Like, again, th- th- it's so simple. You can, there's two, you know, I, I don't know how to put it into words right now. I'm failing at it. Nothing but. sounded apologetic in Flair's tweet. Yeah, he, nothing. He was like, I let ESPN do this, blah, 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 blah. I let, I was an open book. That's fine, man. But this lady's story is coming out and she's saying she had the night of her fucking life that it was the, or the worst night of her fucking life. This is the opportunity for you to say, I am so sorry that you went through that. Just be a human and think about it. And you're like, wasn't me. Wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Wasn't me. And it's like, I get it, man. Everybody found out that you like to twirl your dick in the air when you're uh, wearing just your robe and you're drunk. But if that's what you're going to do, pay the consequences. Say sorry to Heidi. That's how I look at it. And I won't say the flight attendant, man. I'm going to say Heidi. I felt bad for her. Like I said, at the end of that entire show, I was like, this poor lady. Yeah, it was was horrible. But (laughs) I like this last piece of news that you have here. Please. Well, you shouldn't like it. No, hang on. I know what it in in Jesus Christ, man. To, and it's funny how it's written. That's why I'm yeah, laughing well, at okay. it. No, you're right. I'm we're going from one traumatic event to another, and I shouldn't be like, do this one. I can't wait. <laughs> but no, hang on. Go ahead. All right. Well, it's funny because it, it's now again. See, you got me saying funny because last week it, it probably, <laughs> probably could have made the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> It probably could have made the news last week. Uh, I don't remember the timing, but somehow I think I just missed it or something or or blew past it. Um, uh, Per WWE, (laughs) Triple H had a cardiac event. There goes fucking WWE with its fucking wording. I mean, they, you I, you know they took at him to a the local medical facility. Yeah, they didn't take him to the hospital. <laughs> they took him to the medical facility. 
facility. You know damn well that's what happened. Um, yeah, man, it's just... They it, can't it's, be real. Vince has such weird terminology. He's like, if I don't call it a hospital, you don't call it a hospital. It's a medical facility. You didn't have a heart attack. You had a cardiac event. I wish. What a dick. Yeah, I wish I would have checked it out. But anyway, uh, you know, he put out a, a statement. He's doing well. Uh, it sounded like it was a genetic thing. Uh, but yeah, apparently he's doing okay now. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I want you to kind of talk about this and just, you know, uh, what it, what it, you know, brings out in the fans and, you know, the positive reception he got. Cause I'm going to check the news story to see if in the article from WWE, they say he went to a medical facility. Cause that'll be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, I look at, man, I don't want to be an asshole. It really sounds dickish, but. With you cannot tell me the timing of NXT 2.0. That's what I thought. Adam Cole, all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like you can't tell me he didn't have a cardiac event due to the stress of Vince's 90 year old ass going. No, that's not what they want. They want to see a girl with her doll fight for the women's championship, and they want to see a match where a man falls off the rope because. Maybe it was John Cena that did it. You know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't God. Maybe you can't see me. Maybe John Cena went and cut the oh, rope. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Yeah, is that Triple H is literally having heart attacks because Vince is playing the worst version of his own 2K game ever. Look, man, you could have put Dusty in polka dots, but a lot of the shit you're doing nowadays is just detrimental to the business. Hence, why AEW had two TV shows that were better than your one pay-per-view. Hey, but did, did, was it a medical facility? Please tell no, me it, uh, it says uh, Yale New Haven Hospital. Uh, he did undergo a procedure. It was caused by a genetic heart issue. Paul's I really a wish fun. it said... I really wish it said Yale New Haven Medical Facility. <laughs> yeah, right. So... Yeah, but then again, that's the WWE statement. It, uh, you know, the, I agree with you, and I didn't even think to put that in the notes. Was the first thing I thought was motherfucker saw what they're doing to NXT and had a heart attack. Adam Cole was the straw that broke the camel's back. That's the. I mean, it happened right around All Out, didn't it? Like either before or right after. Uh, right around originally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it happened after the pay per view. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Is that you just mentioned Adam Cole, and I have a feeling that you already have an idea of what mine is. I think I have an idea of what yours is. Let's talk. Let's head to it. Grab your mic. Grab the wood. Let's bring it to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! All right. Well, uh, Professor, that was an excellent, excellent segue, especially given the topics what I do. and w what we were bringing uh, to the table here. Uh, however, I'm going to throw a curveball here. I'm going to change my bring it to the table for this week. Uh, to our very A. <laughs> uh, Pepper needs new shorts. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. Well, you're, I, that was my you know, last cutoff. You're almost right. You're almost right. Uh, you know, previously, you know, I, I would ask you all to donate to the Teach Professor to Stop Interrupting People f uh, Fund. But uh, more important than that this week, I think, is to our, our, our very few <laughs> listeners, uh, what 
we really need to do is, and I'm going to start a Patreon and I will post a, a GoFundMe, uh, you know, to our social media. It is time for the professor to get a new power source for his microphone. Uh, I would prefer not to spend 15 minutes every fucking week making sure his MIDI is plugged into the hole the right way. It's like fucking super bad. I think it's in. Let's buy this motherfucker a new power source for his goddamn mic so we don't have to fucking worry about every time he sneezes it jostles out. Look, I know we're not doing super bad, but since you said it, <laughs> I have a boner. <laughs> Oddly Whoa. enough, if you, and, if you and, didn't know that I noticed, you're wearing your McLovin t-shirt, so I thought it was appropriate. That's even better, dude. Good for you. <laughs> it is my McLovin t-shirt. Yes. All right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad that this week's bring it to the table was shitting on me because my microphone is a pain in the ass. You know, it's funny. The beginning of our episode or the each show with our intro late to every episode <laughs> and then here we are i'm on time but i need you to sit with me for the next 15 minutes while i fix this microphone <laughs> uh, much like jody foster said last week you're rambling all right well here is my bring it to the table look man i've been trying to figure out how to word this for an entire week now Last Wednesday, well, things changed for me personally. And I, (laughs) man, we've already talked about it. We are stoked. We're going to Dynamite. Maybe we should bring some signs. Maybe we should wear our top wrestling shirts. Either way, man, we're going to be right across from each other. Rules changed. It is no longer the normal rules of dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. Now, uh, I am no longer actually going to be able to attend this event. And, ODM, are you ready? Are you ready for who was able to take the tickets off my hands? Yeah. The the man that we watched all out with, Steven and Tara. That's awesome. friends that we hung out with right before. Yeah, dude. they're, They're the ones going. I go, it's even better that you're the ones taking it. I want you to send me a picture. I just at least need to see how good those seats were because I bought dope seats and I want to see what I technically missed. And man, I'm sad. I am sad that I'm going to miss this. However, there is a small chance that ODM, you may actually see the professor down there. Is that I can't so? get in the arena, but maybe I'm going to hang out back and see if I can meet anybody. Who knows, uh-huh. man? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I found out a week ago. Now I got a Brody Lee and a CM Punk shirt that are not necessarily going to waste, but they've already been worn. Okay, they got worn because the first night they were supposed to be worn, they didn't get. They weren't able to be worn because I'm not able to. Go. Fuck it, I'm able to go, man. But hey, have a good time this coming this coming Wednesday, Dynamite. Oh yeah, I will. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> It's uh, it's sad, but it's good. But it's funny because after watching everything with Arthur Ashe, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. And I think I told you this. Not only did I find out the day of I'm not able to, to go to the show. <laughs> then that's when my Brody Lee shirt came. <laughs> like, Are Naturally. you kidding me? Yeah. I was like, just kick me in the nuts one more time. <laughs> Here's a reminder. <laughs> Uh, that's all right, man. I, I do wish you and the boys, uh, little ODM junior and junior junior have a great time. And, uh, you know what? 
if we're going to talk about good wrestling, good times, times that make you excited about being a wrestling fan, which right now, I think I'm there when it comes to Dynamite. Uh, well, actually, I take that as a backup. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't do Monday Night Wars until we talk to NWA. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Eh? It's Night Wing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I don't even know if I want to call this a good shit today because I got some stuff I got on my mind. I got to get it off my chest and we're going to work from there. So what I want to talk to you guys about today is the marks in pro wrestling. Now, what I mean by the marks is, I mean, you know, there's the fans that sometimes think they're a little bit more smart than what's going on in the business. They think they're smart and, well, a lot of times they just aren't. Because a lot of these guys sit back here and talk about heel versus face is a little bit old-fashioned, but they don't really understand what's building a few, what's building a storyline. So they don't really understand it, and then they sit up here and like, oh, that's too old-fashioned. They jump in, crucify Jim Cornette on Twitter or whatever, but it is what it is. And the reason I bring that up is like MJF. He is one of the best heels in wrestling right now. So, with that being said, he's actually modernizing what being a heel. I mean, look, what is it on Twitter just a few days ago or a week ago? His parents came out and literally helped him do it on a piece of the angle on it and said, yeah, we're sick of him too. That is amazing heel work. He stays in character whenever he does any kind of events. You see him in person. He will be his heelish self. I know people that, that do know him and met him many times over. Um, especially when he was working with, with MLW. I know a few people that know him from out there. But he's just modernizing what being a heel is. Now, on the adverse, these same marks get out there and they research every little thing about every wrestler out there. And it does detract from the show sometimes. Now, I do think it's ridiculous what they're doing in NXT with Braun Breaker because everybody knows he is the dog-faced criminal's son. I mean, he, I think he looks a little bit more like Scott than Rick, but they're legitimate brothers, so that can happen. You know, that's how genetics work. But the fact is, is they won't call him the son of Rick Steiner. They let him do every single move that the Steiner brothers did, and the, the crowd was seriously just chanting dog the other day. Now, I know you can sit back there and blame that for the University of Georgia because he's being billed from Atlanta and all that kind of stuff. But the fans, they know all these fine details about the wrestlers. And it's just kind of ridiculous to insult their uh, intelligence sometimes without just saying it. it is what it is. But the marks, yeah, it's good to know things about the wrestlers and, and, and whatnot. It's good to communicate with them on the internet, too. I'm not going to sit here and say don't do that. But you get, you, sometimes you get a little ahead of yourself. You get a little overbearing with it. And that, that does take away from this industry that we all love. So anyway, guys, that's all I had to say this week. Take care. I look at, we, we talk about it on the side. We've talked about it. You have your marks, the guys who are totally all for WWE and they hate, uh, AEW. Yeah. Like fuck you. Shen, uh, Sean West. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Sean West. Fuck you. Fuck you. I've never seen someone get on Facebook so much to so many different Facebook groups, get around and go, mm, Roman's way better than Kenny Omega. Oh my God. There's no wrestling on Wednesday nights because there's no wrestling on at all because AEW sucks. Me, 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 me. But then he's like, oh, they went to a 30 minute draw. You watch. 
You watch, you mark, you goddamn mark. <laughs> Everybody's a mark nowadays, so I'm with you, NWA, on that. But if there's anybody who's not a mark, it's MJF. You mark for MJF, but I don't think he's a mark for anything. That dude is a straight heel. He is the best heel in this business and maybe probably the last true heel we may ever see. What are your thoughts on MJF? Yeah, I mean, I got to agree. I mean, he's just, you know, he's going full tilt. You know, back in the day, a heel, if he was a heel in the ring, if he saw an old lady trip down the stairs at the post office, he'd laugh at her or spit on her and just walk on by. <laughs> uh, that's fucking MJF to a fucking T. You know, granted, you know, it's a work and everybody's working with him, his parents and all that stuff. Uh, but he doesn't fucking hold back. I mean, he has some questionable responses to people. You know, in his promos and on Twitter. So, fucking A. And again, I mean, let's look at it this way. He's the modern-day heel with the old-school heel. You know why he's the modern-day heel? Because this motherfucker was in the ring while somebody was cutting a promo on him, and he just went to Twitter and tweeted about how shitty it was. That's a fucking (laughs) heel right there. He's great, man. Like, he killed it with the Pillman stuff. He did great with Jericho, great with Cody. Look at whether you come out the winner of the wrestling portion of the feud, you came out a bigger, stronger heel on each feud. At the end of the day, he really he said some very questionable things. Even with Pillman Jr., when he's like, is that your daddy's baby? Uh, her daddy is Pillman. Pillman's dead, you dick. <laughs> and then also being like, uh, talking shit about uh, Junior. You should have been aborted. Your mother should have swallowed. Whether you win, lose, or draw that feud, you're still the biggest asshole on the card. Man, you can't question. MJF is probably one of the best things going in wrestling today, heel-wise. I thought I was a big Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen guy, but if you want to talk about true heel, like Kevin Owens does sarcastic stuff to get over, MJF does mean, shitty things to get over, which is probably why he does get over. You know, Odeon, with our you know podcast here, I, I we really we shouldn't be shackled by our employer employee relationship, unless you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> in that case, I got some shackles in the back. <laughs> Just kidding, but really, I got them. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell me that was not the best intro to Monday Night Wars ever. Look at man. Is it necessary? Was it necessary to do that? No. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No. But it's sterile, and I like the taste. Hey, man, rundown. What happened on September 30th 
1996. It is the Monday Night Wars. It's Raw. It's Nitro. And you and I were both glad there was not a fucking pay-per-view for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, watching this episode of Raw, sometimes I wondered if uh, JR was having, like, mini seizures and fucking strokes during this time. Uh, it starts off with a recap uh, of JR's. Speaking of, look, I don't want to go all the way back to Dynamite, but... He could not decipher between Brian Danielson and Daniel Bryan. He was I having can't. a rough time. He's like, Brian, Dan, Daniel Bryan, Brian, Brian, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, the new Jungle Black, Jungle Jack Boy, Perry Luke Boy. <laughs> 90210. <laughs> there you go. That's an easy one. Probably get that one on. Uh, yeah, they just recapped JR's heel promo from last week's Raw. Uh, we get Austin versus Jake Roberts to open up the show. Uh, Lawler's still running the fucking alcoholic uh, gag. He's got a bottle of Jim Beam. Um, did it still... really go this long? I yeah. did not realize they brought this alcohol uh, storyline this long. I mean, we're talking July, and now we're at the end of September, and Lawler is still prodding at Jake Roberts. Yep. Horrible. S- still fucking with him. Uh, they're, they're, during the match on commentary, they're kind of still setting up the Brett versus Austin thing. Uh, Jake ends up hitting a DDT, but Austin gets his foot on the rope at two. At that point, Lawler breaks out the beam, takes a sip and spits it in Robert's face, uh, allows Austin to hit the stunner for the win. Uh, and after that, Austin and Lawler uh, beat down Jake, and then Vega comes out for the save. So... Uh, still got that, you know, Austin's been involved with uh, Roberts and Vega for quite some time now, so they're still going with that. Apparently, they were looking for something for Austin, which is obviously the Bret Hart thing, so uh, this is what they're doing with him for now. It's some continuity. It, yeah. it, every time I see Vega or Roberts and then Austin, I'm like, nice, keeping this going. Okay, it's a storyline. I like it because there's, hu- there's a history. There's history. a feud. I like that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we got a Mankind and Paul Bear promo. Mankind is trying to dig a grave by hand. I'm sure that's going to work out real well for him. Uh, then we get Triple H cutting an in-ring promo on Mr. Perfect, challenging him to a fight. Uh, Triple H joins commentary uh, for the Grims versus the Godwins. This one was a real fucking barn burner. Uh, Yo, Perfect the res- Grims look like a very... Um, Mommy, I want the Bushwhackers. We have the Bushwhackers yep. at home. Yup. That is exactly what they look like. I was like, this looks like a really trimmed down version of the Bushwhackers. And yep. then out come the Godwins, and I go, well, that makes even better sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're fucking absolutely right, because that's what I have. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, perfect response. Triple H's uh, challenge says he'll take, uh, he'll accept. He's going to give Triple H a couple weeks to get into shape. Uh, and, yeah, uh, obviously the Godwins win. Wait. So. ODM, let me ask you. Yes. You know, last week we brought this up. We actually brought this up about, we're like, wow, another feud that's getting started that Perfect's going to, kind of like with the Michaels thing and everything. Do you know where this goes? Nope. I do. And it took me until watching that promo to remember how everything's about to unfold. And I didn't remember how this starts, but... This is the first time we've seen a very less uh, snobby Triple H, more of a I'm ready to beat your ass Triple H. This is the first promo where he's been more ass kicker, if that makes sense. I, I don't know how to, he, yeah, how to well, really say it. Like More yeah, towards more the camp- DX version that he's about to start with. 
Yeah, he was more unkempt. His shirt was untucked. It was yeah, the collar was unbuttoned. So yeah, it definitely yes. seemed like they're heading that no way. No jacket. So, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, so yeah, there was that match. Uh, then we get a Doc Hendricks report on uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and the whole lip syncing scandal. And yes, then it hit me. Obviously, they do reveal that they had the secret rehearsal tapes to see who actually sang the song, and it was the roadie. Uh, who was at that time the uh, valet, valet manager, whatever, sidekick to Double J. It's Jesse Turn the James. lights off, close the door. We'll leave every worry in this world behind. Hold me in your arms, never let me. We'll leave every worry in this world behind. Dude, dude. How? Oh, don't sit back and be an asshole. Come on, it's a great song. You know that With My Baby Tonight is a pretty badass song. You can't tell me if anybody ever said Spending My Days, you wouldn't go, Working hard on the go, but the hand. I wouldn't. I'm just telling you. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would. But besides that, I love how they're like, well, this is the pre-rehearsal uh, version where uh, the real Double, Day, Double J, Jesse James, did this before... On that same day in 95. And it's such a dark background and just a couple of lights. I go, okay, so you mean earlier today. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. Because they probably didn't even know but until then. when you then. mentioned it last week, you're like, I really don't know where this goes. I go, uh, you're about to be introduced to Road Dog. That's how the Road Dog officially comes in. He is the actual singer of With My Baby Tonight. You know, one of these days, I think that should be my uh, our... Hidden track is I'll do a whole version of that song. That and that boy got a whole yeah, lot of music yeah. to produce. All right, <laughs> yeah. what else happened on Raw? <laughs> All right, uh, we got Fake Razor versus Savio Vega. This this is where I think Jr. came up with this and was having a stroke here. The whole match is basically Jr. arguing with Gorilla Monsoon about Razor being the fake Razor. Uh, Doc Hendricks is in the locker room at a locker room door that says Razor and Diesel. Says he's going to get an interview with Diesel. Uh, and then fake Diesel shows up. And Monsoon, there's just like dead silence for a second on commentary. And Monsoon goes, that's not Kevin Nash. <laughs> Vega, wins by de- Vega, Vega wins by DQ. Monsoon yells at Kevin Kelly for calling them Razor and Diesel. He's like, Mr. Monsoon, I'm just re- reading the names that they gave me. I don't know what to do. Basically... What what comes out of this? And they it took smudging them a little bit to... of kayfabe and shoot. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, what they get to, and it takes them forever, and I don't feel like they even got it across very clearly, is that Jr. did this on purpose to embarrass the WWE or WWF. Yeah. Uh, but they it, and says there's right. more it's, to the story. It's very. It's an under. It's meta uh, underlying story. Like they very very. They don't really hint towards it enough, but it's like that's the whole point is that Jr. is saying anybody could be Razor and Diesel because that's just what the WWE is, a bunch of cookie-cutter bullshit. Yeah. Uh, So, luckily for us, we'll get to watch this unfold. Uh, Well, what's funny is that we all know that fake Diesel is Glenn Jacobs, Kane. And I wanted to be like, that, it's got to be. It's It's got to be. It's got to be Big Daddy Cool Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, it's so funny that Kane is playing fake Diesel. You got a very bloated. He really looks like if the real Scott Hall at that time went under sea, drowned, 
they pulled out the dead body and they're like, okay, bring him back to life. He's good to go. Let him be a wrestler. That's what the fake razor looks like. Pretty much. So that's raw. Ouch town uh, well, population uh, you, bro. There was one more match. It was Cornette and Vader versus HBK and Lothario. Vader wins. Oh, Sid right. comes to the ring. Goldust comes to the ring. I guess that's where we're going with that. It was a very vague ending. That's why I think I forgot all about yeah, that. I, I, I don't have just... my notes in front of me when it comes to this uh, show, to be honest with you. But I, as you're bringing it up, I'm remembering each part. But, yeah, it was just it was a weird, like, it, the, the match ended, but it was a schmoz at the end. Goldust comes in. Sid comes in. They're like, we got to go, folks. Why, the last, why, yeah, the last why, few weeks bring them schmozzes, in. you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. They're really Nitro? good with that. Deep, 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 deep. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm better at that. Hey, listen. No, no worries. Here at Stop Wrestling, we understand that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders, much like baldness or necrophilia. <laughs> it's only your fault if you don't hey. hate yourself enough to do something about it. Hey, ODM. You look awful fat in those pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's it boy get in there all nice and deep like <laughs> laser blazer you did that one already bro <laughs> not today mm, we did that today. months ago yeah oh did, tell- did we yeah yeah, oh. yeah that's all right no worries well I'm sorry this show was cut in two because someone had to let their kid become our official yeah, DWI a- or D- DWI the DD driver so we can all go to wrestling events from here in the future for his hey, driver's man, it's head. Rough. It's rough in the street, all right? It is rough for in me. the street. <laughs> hey, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What happened on Nitro? All right. Well, uh, Nitro, we started off with Shivani, uh, who kicks it over to Bischoff to make basically like a presidential speech uh about how you know the nwo's recent attacks and uh you know how they're not gonna you know defending like kind of the legacy of nwa and uh wcw and you know all the great champions and they're not going to stand for this and so on and so forth um very passionate promo by it was it, it was very like a presidential speech almost you know it was yeah, it was, like it was very presidential yeah, calls NWO dirt bags. That wasn't presidential. Uh, the audio seemed off, and the crowd seemed really hot. So I don't know if they're, they're maybe they got the, their mics the same place you got yours. Um, opening matches. Wow, what a dickhead! Uh, pub- <laughs> Not all of us can afford a mic or the right one. An am- <laughs> yeah, right. Uh El, El-, El Technico. El Technico, quite possibly my favorite re- wrestler ever, uh, and Juventud Guerrero uh, take on <laughs> P.E. for the tag titles. <laughs> P.E. wins, and they put Technico through a table. I don't fucking know. Maybe that's where fucking uh, El Generico got his name from, because that's basically what he looked like. Um, we get a commercial Jim Duggan hawking T-shirts, uh, and then we get one of my favorite points of the night, Benoit with Mongo and Deborah backstage and with Mike Tanay. Uh, they're just cutting down the NWO and then Deborah speaks again for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Benoit's facing Rick Steiner later in hour two. Uh, and then we get our first NWO promo of the night. Uh, this, this ad is paid to you by the NWO. Not anymore. 
Uh, yeah. I have a funny feeling. I know what we're talking. Funny. I have a funny feeling. We know what's going on there, and I feel like it's going to get there soon. Um, but basically, I don't remember the not anymore parts. I swear. Yeah. I do yeah. not remember them doing the not anymore. I only remember the the following paid announcement. Is like I only. I that's all I remember. That's so. Yep. Hey. <laughs> we got something. So uh, NWO's in a hotel room. It's still in black and white, and they've got Hogan's son there. What are they? After midnight at Nick or something like that, he called him or something like that, um, and it's and then the nasty mm. boys, the nasty boys show up. Uh, you yep. know, food comes up. What? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Can't wait. Let me know when we get to their final promo. We'll talk. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. No, uh, no, no, so no, yeah. no. Uh, yeah. Second promo. Second. Okay. All right, so then we get Dean Malenko versus Alex Wright. Uh, Malenko comes out with Ray's mask in hand. He took it off of him on Saturday night. Uh, fucking Alex Wright got the win on a roll-up. Yeah. I don't... Uh, Which is like, weird for him promoting that he took Ray Mysterio's mask two nights before, and all of a yeah. sudden he loses to Alex Wright. I'm like, okay, well, either you're trying to heat up the cruiserweight division or that's some shoddy booking. Well, I what I wrote was happy to see Wright win, but what's the payoff? Yeah, true. So uh, they referenced Saturday night again. Liz had come out to, to watch Macho's match. Uh, none of the horsemen were in attendance at Saturday night. It was just Liz. Uh, and it's funny because Macho throws the one ref out of the ring, and then Patrick comes in, and Macho clocks him and chokes him out. Um, Tanae afterwards is supposed to interview Macho, but... Macho never comes out. The music hits, but nothing happens, and they just go to commercial, uh, where we get a quick Eddie Guerrero promo who's going to be taking on Jim Powers. Uh, after that, we do see Macho in a Halloween Havoc promo, uh, and it's also a Slim Jim promo, obviously. Um, then we get the, the match with Jim Powers with Teddy Long versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Patrick's in a neck brace from Macho's attack this past Saturday, which is fucking hilarious. The ending of this was just all kinds of fucked up. Um Eddie hits a German suplex and in, into a bridge pin. Powers kicks out right around three. Uh, Patrick calls for the bell and Long argues with Patrick about it wasn't a three count. The crowd seemed confused. It was a dead finish. Um, yeah, but there's a reason behind it because is yes. this where uh, Teddy starts fighting with him? Yep, Teddy starts fighting with him and basically Patrick says, "Hey, if, if you wanna, you know, if you think you can do a better job or you don't like the way I'm calling, then go get yourself a blue shirt or something like that." Uh, and Long says, "I will go get a lot. I will go get a blue shirt, you know, or earn it or something." And like he said, that. "We're gonna make it a two-on-two tag team match, player." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so yeah, so uh, we get our next NWO promo. This is where the Nasty Boys come up. Food gets delivered, and I don't remember which one of the Nasty Boys. Do you want to talk about this? Is this why you wanted to talk, come in at this point? Nope. Oh, okay. Do, well, uh, the Nasty Boys were saying they have no real alliance to. WCW and Kevin Nash is there or whatever. And, you know, just kind of talking. Wait, how many promos were there? Was there three or four, four NWO uh, promos? I think there was three. Because yeah, there's one there. that closed the show. Well, there's four then, yes. There would be four. I'll be back at three. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, let me make sure I got this right now. Fuck. No, but in the second one, that's where... Uh, Nasty Boys are saying they have no allegiance to WCW, and Nash is wearing someone's glasses. I don't know who they are. 
Yeah, um, and that's like and that's a pair where of, like, uh, regular glasses. Yeah, and that's where one of the nasties does the uh, Ace Ventura asks you a question bit, mocking Bischoff. Oh, I did catch that. You're right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Then we get Tanae. Mike Tanae's backstage with Liz, Woman, and Arn Anderson, and they're basically quest- questioning Liz's oh, loyalty. Oh God. I wrote. This is what I wrote. Woman looks like I'm a cut that bitch. <laughs> that was the look on woman's face. Am I? Am I That's right? It's really funny you say that because guess what? I took what? a screenshot with the bitch. What you doing? Because she, the way she was questioning Elizabeth, she's like, "Wait, you were there that weekend, girl? What is your problem?" And the way she was arguing with her, I took. I tried to take a screenshot of it. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that bitch. <laughs> You're not using That's what your it head, was, girl. man. It was very the the eyes were very telling woman oh, yeah. to Elizabeth. That was it was awesome. Yep, absolutely. It was fucking. You know, it was fantastic. And Arno was great too, teasing the dissension. But woman stole it right there with just the look in her eyes. Um, after that, we get Hugh Morris versus Brad Armstrong. It's the hour two match. No macho bummer. Uh, Morris gets the pin, but they did let the fireworks off in the middle of the match, which was pretty humorous. <laughs> You're uh, okay. <laughs> Our, uh, Arn Anderson's backstage with Liz and Woman getting ready for his match coming up. They're talking about business is business, arguing with Liz. Uh, Arn tells Woman, get through to her, uh, and we go to a break. Bischoff, uh, when we come back from break, Bischoff just decides, you know what? I'm going to go see what's going on at the hotel room with the NWO and see if I can find Macho. Uh, okay. Uh, we get Chris Jericho versus Arn Anderson, which I think is a cool match. Uh, it was nice, especially seeing them both in AEW today. That that's was what I wrote on my mind. <laughs> I go, oh, that's so cool, man, because they're both training the younger talent today and watching them on Nitro together. God yep. damn. Yep. And, and fucking Arn Anderson was probably training Jericho here. So, yeah, it was a solid match, man. Um, yeah, uh, it was a cool finish, too. Uh, Jericho goes for a line salt. AA rolls out of the way and hits him for a fucking nice-looking DDT for the win. It was pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, after that, we got an NWO t-shirt commercial. Fucking the giant. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> at this point, and this is this is where I've got a gripe, uh, we get uh, Liz. Uh, they're showing her leaving the arena with her bags, and she has some papers in her hand, and she's crying. And Shivani goes, Shivani goes, oh, that looks like a contract. Well, thanks for telling us what it was, dickhead. I As never would have thought folded contract. in complete half. It was one hundred percent in. She folded it in half. He goes, "That looks like a contract, dude. That could have been anything at all. Yeah. That looks like a contract." <laughs> yep, I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it. Uh, and we we get VK Wall Street versus Luger. Guess who won? Uh, after Wall that, Street. they talk. <laughs> Uh, commentary talking about Bischoff had a surprise for staying. It's a sign of peace uh, for you know, thinking that he turned against WCW. Uh, the WCW Motorsports car has become the Sting Motorsports car. Uh, so you know, they're kind of hyping that up and giving some uh, airtime to uh, NASCAR, which I believe was airing on TNT at that point. Maybe still does. Yep. Couldn't tell you. Don't care. Uh, after that, we get Faces of Fear versus Rock and Roll Express. A uh, cool match in theory, just based on the age of the competitors and the fact that you know we were, all, were watching them wrestle ten years before that. Maybe not each other. So but... before you finish, hang on. Okay. Before you finish, yeah, yeah. Faces of Fear win. Yes. During the match, I go. You know what bothers me? It legit bothers me while I'm watching this match. 
Face of Fear looks so good as a tag team. Oh, yeah. And I go, wait, who's the tag champs right now? Oh, my God, the public nasties. Ugh. And it bothered me while thinking about that because I'm like, these guys are way better. Okay, go on with notes. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Hart gets on the ring for a distraction. Uh, Barbarian hits the boot and gets the win. Uh, they beat down Gibson uh, post-match. P.E. comes to go for the save. But Faces of Fear get the advantage, and they basically just take out Grunge's knee, which apparently was hurt somehow. I don't. I didn't catch that part. But, yeah, it they just go after the match name. earlier in the night. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, could have been. Uh, but certainly to me, attention. I that's where I had said I go, <laughs> wow, I'm over here bitching about I would like to see Faces of Fear take the titles away from these guys. And then they come out and I go, oh, all right, well, maybe that's why they're doing this. Okay, I'm just saying you put them on the wrong guys a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, no shit. But maybe it was for a reason of... Maybe we don't want to make the Har- or we don't want to make Harlem Heat look bad. Maybe get him on faces of fear before they eventually go to outsiders. I don't know. I'm kind of curious how this is going to go down. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. Well, with this en- injury thing, who knows if they're just going to vacate him? But we'll see. Uh, oh. All right, here's your uh, NWO promo. Okay, so here we are. It's the NWO. Uh, all of these promos, by the way, they're all in a big. Uh, dressing room just with some leather couches and of course the video is in black and white now they just got done promoting uh, that Sting WCW car and NWO was talking about because remember a couple weeks ago they had Mm -hmm. their own NASCAR and it's funny that WCW does it like a week later which is kind of funny but Sean Waltman is trying to order room service for everybody. Big Show's like, or not Big Show, uh, uh, Giant's like, I'm kind of hungry. But first, Nash looks at the camera and goes, hey, Mongo, I think your wife Deborah kind of wants me. I thought that was just kind of funny how he did it. And as you mentioned earlier, Nick, little Nick, Nick Hogan is sitting on Hogan's lap. Scott Hall's trying to get everybody... Yo, I swear to God, you got to go back and listen to this. I cracked up. I I rewound this show like 10 times in a bunch of different areas. One, to get the picture of a woman giving that scowl to Elizabeth, and then this. Scott Hall's trying to get everybody's attention. And he goes, hey, 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 Nick, Nick, do you like fast cars? Yeah, let that one sink in. Okay. Yeah. Do you you know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! I go <laughs> more than you know. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, it's, that's Too dickish. soon. Look at. Nah. Oh come on! You know what? I'm with I'm with CM Punk. You know what it is? CM Punk said Hogan's a piece of shit. Yeah. Did you read that? He said those words. I'm I did. with him. Hogan is a piece of shit. There you go. I'm sorry. I just thought it was kind of funny that Scott no, Hall fine. asked a four or five year old Nick, <laughs> who's like 15 years away from basically committing manslaughter in a vehicle. Hey, do you like fast cars? Yeah, I just thought it was kind of. Yeah, apropos. no, I, I, I got you. You're, you're getting <laughs> awfully defensive there. I'm. 
you're giving me really dirty looks. <laughs> I'm not giving you any dirty looks, bro. I'm just like, okay. Touche. All right, move on. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, Go ahead. All right. All right. Nitro. So, so, uh, WCW. So, TNT. Right. So Liz was in the room. And uh, Hogan was telling her it's going to be trick and treat. There was also some random guy there. It was Kyle Petty. I didn't know that until they said it. I initially wrote some random guy Which in the room. Which is a driver, and then they make a joke, and he goes, I didn't even know WCW even had a car. Yeah, yeah well, he's the when driver of the When I first looked at NWO him, car. I thought it was Sean Waltman. I still thought it was X-Pac because he was in the room, too. But when <laughs> I saw him and he had his hair back, I go, wow, he looks a little weird. Today. Oh, that's not even him. Never mind. Kyle yeah, Petty. Right. <laughs> All right, so we got our main event. It's Benoit versus Rick Steiner. Uh, shenanigans. Mongo hits Rick with the briefcase. That's how they get the win. Uh, they go back to the hotel. All right, here we go. Wait, you said Rick Steiner? You mean Rick Rick Beaker? Rick Breaker? <laughs> yeah. Whatever that name is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the NWO, they're back in the hotel. Liz is still there with them, and Giant's talking to Liz now. Basically saying, I've done two movies already, and I have no acting ability. So they're basically you know, giving Liz. So, you know, as as Shivani had already mentioned, it was a contract for the NWO. Uh, Vincent shows up Wait, and has I have a question. Giant said he did a movie with Arnold, Arnold. Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yeah. Jingle all the way. And then he said that he did another one. But what was the other one? All I could think of was him doing... Uh, what's the football water boy where he was Captain Insano? But I feel like uh, that was a couple of years down the road. Water boy wasn't until like 98, 99. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. But you have to look yeah, at his IMDb way. or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no acting ability. Look at me. I know. You can do this, funny. Liz. Uh, so here's the most fucked up part. And I, dude, Macho. Yeah, this was scary. Man, tell me they how fought, real they, this was. This dude, this dude got shit on by everybody, man. And you now maybe he was a piece of shit. I really don't know, but it's kind of fucked up, man. So basically, Liz leaves. She's got the contract in hand. The cameraman follows her, and all of a sudden, you fucking see somebody come running down the hallway. It's fucking Macho Man, like a shot out of a cannon. Run, and he keeps running back and forth, like he runs to the door, then he runs back to Liz, then back to the door, and he grabs the contract. He's like. Son of a bitch! And he, dude, just looks like an abusive husband. Like, did you look at that guy? Did you look at that guy? Dude, it was Did he say, up. are you ribbing me? Were those the exact words? Uh, I didn't hear that. It was a lot of, you know, you know, he was just shooting he his made, lip off. He, maybe it was kidding me, but it sounded like he said ribbing me. Oh, okay. But when you say just what you said right there, the abusive husband saying, did you look at that guy? He got, she was up against the wall. And he put his yeah. whole body into her and his head, his mouth into her ear and screamed about this contract. Jesus Christ, dude. Right. This was more uncomfortable than probably anything we have watched in any part of any part of, uh, of doing uh, top of wrestling so far. That was weird and not like weird. It was really fucking uncomfortable because it was weird. <laughs> if that is a glimpse into the life of Macho Man, Jesus Christ. Because everybody yeah. said he was very possessive and jealous. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That looked like he has never practiced that fucking scene before, is all I'm yeah. saying. Wow. Yeah. And that's how they go off the air. 
That's how we go WWE off the air. goes off the air with a bunch of guys going in the ring and going, oh. huh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Oh, we got to go, everybody. We're going to leave you with some dramatic shit. Does Liz die here tonight in this hotel? You have to wait to find out next week on Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. All right, never that mind. went too far. That's Jesus. Not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> not this week on Nitro. Oh, man. Well, guess what? That wraps up our Monday Night Wars. That wraps up this week's episode. And that means that we are only seven days away from our top topic. And, man, we have been teasing the shit out of this for now, I'm going to say years. It's officially happening. We are going to have our watch-along for the 1999 pay-per-view. In October, it was Heroes of Wrestling, the amazing five-star classic from bell to bell Opening to finish, you're going to hear our takes. You're going to hear probably a lot of laughing because it's probably the best pay-per-view of all time. (laughs) I can't wait. We thank Nightwing for his good shit of the week. You'll hear back from him in two weeks. Plus, next week we'll be back with Reliving the Monday Night Wars. We have a lot more to unfold. Did Liz sign that? Is she alive? Did Macho beat the living shit out of a door or anything else in the hotel? Also, maybe did. All right, never mind. Doesn't matter. I ran out. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Top (laughs) Rustin Podcast. Dip, dodge, dive. Anyway, thank you so much. We appreciate it, especially whatever device you're listening on, whatever platform you're listening on. We'll be back next Wednesday at noon because it is the Top Wrestling Podcast, and here we do great wrestling and great flicks. I'm the professor. I bid you a farewell. And as always, you know it, ODM leaves us each week with his movie quote of the week. And you know what? He's not really a big fan of how his voice sounds, so he likes to do them in wrestling uh, voices. And you know what? I feel like the best person I could really I've never asked you to do this. Last week may have been a little bit of a a little bit of a fight there and you ended up doing it as Joe Rizzo basically, but it worked cuz you need to get out of that situation so you prayed to God. That being said, this week I've heard so much of his voice over the last couple of weeks feuding with CM Punk. ODM's leaving us with his movie quote of the week in the form of the submission machine, Taz. Oh, just say okay. <laughs> You know, a lot of these voices are just the same. I just change like the pitch and the gravelness and the, and the <laughs> diction here. I'm trying to think of Taz here. Uh, let's see. The drunk pirate Steve being no man's debt. I'll make a barter with you, true as the North Star. In exchange for your kindness, I'll be sharing me buried treasure with you. Once I find it, that be. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. <laughs>
Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and OEM Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopwrestling at gmail.com. What up? Okay. How bad is this delay? Oh, I'm here. I'm seeing bad. Holy shit. It's delayed. Do a clap thing. Three, two, one. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Maybe you're just a little slow. <laughs>